You're listening to the Dietitian Connection Student Podcast. This podcast gives you a range of tips and tools to kickstart your career in dietetics. We delve into the experiences of student dietitians and hear from the most influential and successful dietitians in the profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Hello everybody and welcome to another great episode of the Dietitian Connection Student Podcast. I'm your host Kate Agnew and I'm a student dietitian at the University of Queensland. So today we've got Rachel Bradford joining us on the show. Rachel is an accredited practicing dietitian and works in her successful private practice in Brisbane which she established in 1998. Here she provides nutrition treatment to a range of clients and is particularly interested in helping those with eating disorders, bowel conditions and FODMAPs, weight management and diabetes. Rachel is also currently the events manager for Dietitian Connection. Hello Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Kate. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to chat to you today, Rachel, because I know that you've had a diverse range of dietetic and nutrition jobs, including hospital-based positions, private practice, corporate health and community health services. So I thought we could start off by discussing your career path and could you take us through your career journey so far? Yeah, sure. Well, I graduated in 1995. So, yeah, that's been 20 years um, in the dietetics field. Um, And I've been really fortunate to uh, be offered a plethora of jobs that I've been able to work in, uh, in the community setting, in the clinical setting, hospital setting, uh, private practice, uh, certainly in um, places like um, Nutrition Australia as well. I've done quite a lot of community work with them as well, um, which has really exposed me to, I think, pretty much um, uh, the array of, of dietetics is just fantastic. And um, I've been really fortunate that I've been able to, yeah, be able to work in all of those. Okay. And did you have any sliding door moments at any point during your career? Well, uh, certainly within um, the the start of my dietetics career, um, I've always been really lucky that jobs have landed on my lap. Um, I haven't really had to search too far and wide to um, to find uh, work, uh, and certainly. Um, yeah, as I said, like things have just fallen into place for me and opportunities have, have arisen for me. And, and one that I can certainly remember at the very start of my career was working for another dietitian, um, Margaret Reedy, who is a private practice dietitian up in Ipswich. Um, and I was just very fortunate to, um, at, within a couple of years of graduating, to be taken under her wing and and she's even to this day you know um been such a valuable mentor for me um and it just really sort of allowed me to um get, gain experience but also gain the wisdom of someone who's been in you know the dietetics arena for 30 or 40 years um so that was certainly one um sliding door moment for me that I would just by pure luck um was running her Brisbane practices for her in um, from her in Ipswich. Um, another one was when I was working um, doing multiple private practice, I guess, sort of contract positions to other dietitians. Um, I was involved in a um, seeing clients with diabetes, um, and that that project uh, kind of ended. Um, and then within um, 
pretty much uh, a, a month, um, uh, the same project was getting revamped and, and uh, re-energised, I guess, um, and certainly going to a higher level within the GP division uh, and was looking at then employing a full-time um, dietitian position to manage that diabetes project um, at South Brisbane. So I guess for me, that was a bit of a sliding doors moment, thinking that um, I'm sort of out of, uh, say, about 10 or 12 hours of, of work um, a week. And then within, yeah, within the space of a, a, a few weeks that I had was actually a full-time position and I was running it. So, um, yeah, so that was very exciting um, for me. Uh, and then another position that I did have, which I would say is a bit of a sliding door moment for me, is with Nutrition Australia. Uh, where I started working with them and doing some corporate health work and, and cooking demonstrations, which I loved, and a lot of education programs um, within schools and within uh, the elderly um, sort of community as well, and also within the corporate health sector, which um, is really my um, area of, of, of love. I just love and am quite passionate about food. Um, and then just by the side... Uh, that really opened me up to the doors of media work, um, where like print media, TV media and radio media, which I didn't really see myself um, being in that role, but it's something that I thrived in and I loved. Um, and so if I wasn't actually working at Nutrition Australia, I don't think I would have been exposed to that opportunity with the media. So, yeah, I'd say that that's probably my top three um, <laughs> that I can, um, yeah, just single out um, within the space of that, um, the career that I've had thus far. Yeah, that's quite interesting, Rachel. So could you tell us about your role as Dietitian Connection Events Manager? Sure. Well, this opportunity came to me, um, it was actually my birthday month of last year um, with Marie Ferguson. Uh, I went through uni with Marie uh, and she's, she approached me um, wishing for me to take on the role as events manager. Um, Marie has been to many of my <laughs> personal um, functions um, and has kind of, I guess, realised and um, and seen the, the skills that I have, the love that I have and um, the enjoyment that I get with uh, entertaining and putting on uh, a, a pretty good shindig. Uh, so I think she sort of saw those skills as something that might be uh, utilised within um, within Dietitian Connection. So yeah, so that's how that role came about. Um, and it wasn't something that I was expecting, but certainly something that I'm absolutely um, enjoying and loving and um, I'm eternally grateful to, for, to Marie for um, offering, offering me that opportunity. Well, you do put on a really good shindig, Rachel, because um, <laughs> I've been to a few of the Dietitian Connection events and they're always really fantastic. Um, so that would be things such as Dietitian Day, Information Nights and dinners with special Dietitian guest speakers. Yeah, that's right. So pretty much any sort of event that's um, organised by Dietitian Connection and, and I'm Marie and I can continually, um, yeah, thinking of, of new um, innovative and um, new experiences that people might like to be involved in. Uh, so, yeah, certainly the, the um, I guess, sort of the, ne the network and dine um, sort of evenings that we, that we do with the guest speakers, the, um, the dinner events that we've done, some lovely degustation dinner events as well. 
Um, and then, yeah, certainly this year, the um, one of the big ones is Dietitian Day in March. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of behind the scenes events manager for, for, for that. Excellent. It's lovely to hear about what happens behind the scenes because obviously we just see the outcome of all your hard work and great ideas. So Rachel, could you tell us a little bit about what you get up to um, on a typical work day? A typical day for me, well, uh, certainly my work day is very different to my non-work day. Um, I do have young children. I've got a four and a six-year-old, um, which take up a lot of my um, my time and energy. Um, so, yeah, my work, um, my my week is is kind of split um, between you know, as a obviously a working mum, like a lot of working mums, um, it's the constant juggling act um, to try to. Uh, ensure that like, professionally and personally personal lives uh, seem to seem to match up um, some days it works some days <laughs> some days it, it doesn't um, but yeah certainly um, yeah child I guess sort of child raising at the moment is um, still they're still quite dependent um, on me uh, so um, that takes up probably I would say at least um, 50% of my time within the day um, to be involved and actively involved in their um, in their schooling and um, activities and so forth. Uh, and then the free time that I do have without children, that's um, where, I, where I'm doing my private practice, that's where I'm doing the events management um, side of Dietitian Connection um, and certainly um, all my APD stuff as well. So, yeah, just trying to keep on top of it, Kate, which, um, as I said, some days prove more of a challenge than others. Okay. Well, Rachel, I'd imagine that you'd have some pretty good time management skills <laughs> and organisation skills. I, I do believe that that's one of my strengths. Sometimes I do believe it can be a weakness because I just want more time. So, um, there's been, yeah, I guess you, you, you learn quite quickly when you can get the most quality time or I guess the quality work done at what times of the day. So, um, in some instances, that's where, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night, I am doing um, work or I am doing APD work because it's uninterrupted and it's really, you know, good quality time that I'm, that I'm actually doing that. So, I thought we could talk a little bit about your private practice. Uh, why did you decide to start your own private practice back in 1998? Once again, Kate, this, is, um, this was just something, it was a bit of a sliding doors moment um, in itself because it was not something that I, I was cu- currently in my full-time private practice, sorry, full-time um, diabetes project um, uh, moment that I was that I was doing, and just absolutely by the by the way, um, I was out on one of my trips to the um, GP surgeries where we were running the diabetes projects from, and um, yeah, this this um, this GP uh, offered um, yeah offered me a room at his um, at his GP clinic um, free of charge for a year. Um, to establish myself Um, and at that time I thought well what actually do I have to lose here Um, because I'm not paying rent you know I'm starting from from scratch and I'm establishing a private practice clientele um, and I don't really have anything to lose so on top of the private practice uh, sorry on top of the um, the full-time GP diabetes project that I was doing, I started doing private practice one night and one Saturday morning um, a week and just established it from there. Great. Wonderful to hear about that, Rachel. I sure wish that was the case for all of us. <laughs> well, I guess I had the security um, of the income of, of the full-time um, work that I did have. Um, and certainly, you know, when, when we're looking 
a, a good um, well back in 1998. Um, so uh, it, there weren't a lot of private practice dietitians um, in clinics uh, and medical centres at that time. So it wasn't as though you were competing for um, you know for other dietitians that were trying to get that space. So. Um, it was a very kind and generous um, gesture that this um, this GP had made, um, but clearly he saw the value of having a dietitian within his practice, and so yeah, that's when it started. That's how it started. Mm. That was a great point you made earlier about the fact that you had another role to fall back on uh, in addition to the new role you were starting in private practice because I was talking to Kate DePrima um, for the Dietitian Connection podcast and she was explaining why it's important to have, I guess, a few things going on uh, when you start up something new. Uh, Is that something you would agree with, Rachel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think that there's so much flexibility within private practice. There's so much um, variety that you can that are, is on offer within private practice as well. But um, it is a bit stop and start in regards to um, you know the the flow of of the income. So it's really uh, yeah vital to have. Um, multiple um, positions. There's really only been two years in my 20 years that I've just had a full-time position. Um, the All the other times have been, um, you know, a conglomerate of, you know, five to six positions um, that I've just taken on and um, time managed them quite effectively to be beyond full-time hours. So, yeah, don't. I guess don't be limited to um, just thinking you just need one position. Just um, yeah, spread yourself out that you've got um, so much variety to um, to play and so much skills that you that you can develop by having a multiple um, um, posi- um, part time positions. Excellent advice there, Rachel. So you told us a little bit about how you started the private practice, but could you give us a bit more advice on the steps that we should take uh, for those listeners who are considering getting into private practice sometime soon? I think um, with the start of the private practice, if if we're looking at, say, new graduates or, um, you know, a few years out, what, what I would really highly recommend would be to perhaps work under another dietitian or even just offer um, yourselves as work experience to um, to other dietitians because I think the learning curve for uh, leaving university and then being out into the, the workspace is quite steep. So I think to be mentored by another private practice dietitian I think would be hugely beneficial um, as opposed to just starting out from scratch. Or alternatively, if that's not a possibility, is to maybe um, join up with other like-minded um, dietitians, you know, like even a team of, of two or a team of three dietitians um, and start the private practice um, together perhaps so that you've got the additional sort of support um, to assist you with that. So what are the most rewarding aspects of your private practice role and also your events manager role? Well, I've always, even from schooling, I can always remember that I love to help people. Um, and and certainly when I was thinking of what career path that I wanted to, to go down, I wanted to help people medically. Um, 
for me, I couldn't, um, I can't stand the sight of blood. Um, so that kind of limited a lot, lot of medical roles that I could have taken on. Yes, um, indeed. <laughs> um, I have got better with age and also with children, however, because you're not actually given the luxury of not being good with blood when you've got a um, screaming child um, at your feet. Um, but yeah, when um, with with dietitian with the with the course nutrition and dietetics and with being a dietitian um yeah it just it just really married for me in almost an instant um of my love of food and my passion with entertaining um with the with the nutrition of food um and so i just thought saw it was a really ideal fit for me and so within say my private practice role being able to uh, help people through their food choices to improve their, um, you know, medical um, illnesses or certainly um, eating disorders or gut disorders that I do see a lot of. Um, I find that really rewarding um, to be able to play a part in that and also not only offer that nutrition science sort of advice but to offer the practical know-how and the practical suggestions as to what that resembles like on a plate or in a bowl or whatever because I think that that's really important to be able to know how we get the guidelines into a meal in front of the person um, and people won't if people are not um, you know keen on cooking or interested in cooking it becomes very difficult to be able to relay that over to your clients um, because you really need to make the choices that they'll need to make really um, enticing and uh, you know leaping off the plate that they actually want to to be doing that so that's certainly my um, one of my big rewards within um, the private practice sector with my clients is to be able to to help them um, achieve that and to be really happy um, with the advice that I've that I've given um, within the events management role. Well, that's um, goodness me, that's exposed me to a whole range of, of new and exciting opportunities. Um, I get to meet fabulous um, and well-experienced dietitians um, across Australia. Um, I get to work alongside um, Marie um, and, yeah, we're a great team um, together and we bounce ideas off each other and support each other. Um, and then I also get to be able to, to meet all um, a lot of other um, dietitians um, at the, that attend the event. So, uh, yeah, that's um, that's the, the biggest reward. Um, as I say to Marie, I find it difficult to um, be paid because I enjoy it, enjoy it so much. That's wonderful, Rachel. And yes, from my experience, the Dietitian Connection events are a really fantastic opportunity to network, meet other dietitians, hear their stories, and also get an understanding of uh, the various jobs that are out there. Yeah, absolutely, Kate. And I also, you know, I get so much out of um, being able to give back um, to certainly the, the newer graduates and um, the student dietitians as well, because this um, this fear wasn't really um, uh, on offer um, for for us, you know, 20 years ago. So the fact that we're able to give back and and provide a whole new um, platform for uh, for student dietitians and, and new grads and um, and other dietitians um, to offer, you know, uh, professional development with food equals fun. Um, you know, it's exciting and it's and it's um, yeah, it's a, a thrill to be part of. 
We are indeed very fortunate. I'll vouch for that. (laughs) So Rachel, what are the challenges that you have had to overcome during your career in order to reach your goals? Uh, well, I guess, Kate, with, uh, as I've mentioned previously, the multitude of, um, you know, six, often six part-time jobs to make up full-time or plus hours, um, time management is um, always, a ch- always a challenge. And um, luckily, I do have quite good time management skills and I do have organi- quite good organisational skills, but it's just being on top of that um, all the time. Like, you don't get, you don't get a moment off um, not being on your at your A game within that, um, so yeah, my main challenge is that I don't have enough um, time within the day. I guess also another challenge that um, is faced within private practice as well is that it's quite um, isolated. You're not working within a team of um, you know dietitians in a hospital setting or a community setting or you know another organisation. So it is quite isolating. So I guess that's where a lot of these um, networking events and and having mentors um, and also you know participating in the private practice dietitian meetings within Brisbane um, is quite beneficial because you're meeting other like-minded um, dietitians and bouncing um, you know thoughts and ideas off them as well. So yeah, isolation, that's um, certainly another big one in, um, in private practice. Yeah, excellent points there, Rachel. I was just thinking if you ever do want to expand your number of roles to seven, uh, you could hold some workshops to teach us about time management and organization (laughs) well I think um yeah I won't tell you what my husband calls my time management skills um but yes I think I've got them down pat Kate (laughs) sometimes I feel like sort of that German dance where you're exchanging hats all the time um as to which hat that you're wearing in that minute because um yeah you can flit on about six hats within the day that's for sure Uh, yeah uh, and a current challenge that I do have though, Kate, um, that um, is going to present to me this, this year is that um, my lack of knowledge um, in the social media um, field, um, you know, to this point it's kind of almost scared me um, because uh, I've never needed to um, have a website, I've never needed to be um, savvy with um, social media, but I guess, yeah, that this is going to be the year that I do need to create that online presence. So, yeah, so that's going to be a um, quite a large challenge, I, I think, to overcome this year. And um, if there's any, yeah, if there's any young and, and new um, social media or um, savvy um, dietitians out there, then, um, yeah, please get in touch with me so that, um, yeah, we can team up and, and conquer it. That's it. And it's great that it's on your to-do list because I suppose it is uh, a struggle that we kind of need to adapt to. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a sign of the times and we just have to embrace it and go with it. So in your opinion, what are some really important characteristics of a successful business leader? Well, I think in terms of a successful business leader, um, that really is dependent on whether you're working um, just by yourself or whether you've got a team um, under, uh, with you or, or working for you. Um, I've never, ha- I've never had um, people working for me. I've just been a, um, a sole um, business, so I can't speak from from that angle. But certainly from creating your own um, successful private practice, um, yeah. The key characteristics would be having, you know, your organisation and time management skills down pat um, and being on your A game all the time. Um, in 
really um, utilising your staff within the practices as well. So your receptionist staff, your GPs, liaising with GPs, um, keeping that communication lines um, open and flowing, um, I think is really valuable because um, they are a key player in terms of your referrals and your success of your business. Um, so, yeah, whenever an opportunity presents itself that you can, you know, have meetings with uh, with GPs or sit down and, and um, go through um, client cases or so forth, like jump at that opportunity because I think that that's valuable and, and certainly um, – if, you know, if it's forefront on their minds, then they're more likely to refer um, new clients to you as well. Um, so, and also just communication is really vital with, um, yeah, with, with your practices that you're, that you're working within. So, um, yeah, that'd probably be my, my key um, suggestions in terms of the characteristics. And also having clear, clear goals. Um, so, you know, at the start of each year, I try to, yeah, set myself um, clear goals as to, where I want to go to um, in the following year. Excellent. And Rachel, do you have any particular way on how you can measure those goals? Um, well, yeah, I guess if I've achieved them or not um, is usually a good indicator as to whether I've done that. Um, sometimes, um, you know, if it's a bit unrealistic within that year, it might carry on to the following year or I might sort of downsize it because it might have been a bit overambitious. Um, so, yeah, uh, certainly, um, you know, looking at... Uh, the clients that you're, that you're seeing within the year, obviously the income that you're making within the year, um, your uh, re-referrals, your, um, your, your refer, referral sources. So, yeah, continually sort of, I guess, yeah, looking at, looking at all of those. Excellent. So, Rachel, what do you think are the advantages or benefits of working in a range of areas within dietetics, given your experience in lots of different areas? Well, I think the benefit of that is, um, or for one, uh, you just develop this um, amazing skill set that, um, you know, like if you're thinking of a lot of other um, health professional roles, um, you may not get exposure to that. So I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's it's amazing that you can develop that skill set and, and utilise your experiences that you have had. Um I would definitely try to expose yourself to as much as that you can because nothing will be um, at a disadvantage to you. It will just add on to your experiences. Um, but it's also, it's sort of enabled me to really then um, fine-tune where I then want to go. So, you know, I was certainly open to a plethora of um areas, um, you know, within the first 10 years of, of my career. Um, and then then within the last, probably the last five years, you can really sort of fine tune it um, and choose where you want to work in and where you're passionate um, in working in. So, yeah, try, I guess don't get choosy um, with what you'll accept um, at, a, at sort of as a new new graduate um, or entry level because um, I think you might almost sort of, you know, shoot yourself in the foot there because even though it may not be your, what you expect to be your, um, you know, perfect, perfect job, um, it still gives you so much experience um, and who knows where it kind of leads to. So I would definitely, um, yeah, put yourself out there to do a whole range of, of areas that you may not even think that you'd be interested in, but you never know where it can take you. 
Definitely. So you mean, um, for example, if, um, say, a new graduate has an idea of where they would like to go, let's say, example, they want to work in private practice, but then they get a job offer for an industry job that might lead Mm -hmm. them to other areas or other opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. Um, As I said, don't sort of pigeonhole yourself too too early when you actually haven't worked in the field Um, because you may find that what's in your mind as to where you want to be working may not prove to be where you, you know, you find the passion in in what you're working in. So, and then other opportunities that you may think, well, no, that's not really me, um, have proved to be really exciting and um, invigorating. So, yeah, I would certainly not pigeonhole yourself too early. That You've got time to do that later on. Yeah, definitely. So we talked a little bit about time management and goal setting, but are there any other habits that you have that contribute to your success? Oh, I guess certainly being a people person. Um, <laughs> you do need to be a people person. Um, if you're also doing a lot of media work or if you're doing um, a so corporate health presentations or cooking demonstrations, you need to be um, certainly have confidence um, in your presentation skills and your presentation style, which, I mean, I love getting up and doing lectures and presentations. I don't find them, um, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't get anxious or nervous about that. Um, I'm quite happy to perform in front of, of people. So, you know, if that's the line of work that, you, um, that you'd like to pursue, then kind of, I guess, sort of match that um, part of your personality to that line of work as well. So um, you, you don't want to sort of be the deer with uh, deer in the headlights um, if you take on that take on that role and it's not something that you actually enjoy anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's there's certainly some other characteristics that I have um, which have enabled me to to perform in those roles. And what would be your number one tip to a student dietitian or dietitian who aspires to achieve the same success as you? Um, I think I alluded to it a little earlier where you don't wait for the perfect job. Um, just take on roles that you may be interested in, very interested in or slightly interested in um, and take on those roles because you'll always gain experience and you'll always um, gain networks with um, the people within that with that, that industry. Um, never say no to a media inquiry. Um, if the media do contact you to, you know, have comments on a story or a radio interview, um, you basically need to drop everything then and there and do that. Um, if that's the space that you want to get into, um, don't say that I'll get back to them because they're not interested. Um, so that would be another thing. Um, and I think also uh, being able to um, yeah, work with other um, dietitians or certainly um, foster sort of mentoring relationships with other dietitians um, with perhaps more um, say years in the in the industry to um, yeah to get gain some more wisdom and um, expertise from them. Excellent, and I really enjoyed your last point about mentoring because I understand that that is really important for the profession. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's it's um, it, it just continues on, um, you know, like it's I've still got, you know, people that I'll go to for advice and, um, you know, suggestions on um, difficult cases or um, different difficult um, conflicts or, or situations that sort of may, may arise. So, and that it, it doesn't even need to necessarily, certainly, um, you know, having it within the industry, within dietetics is important, but also having um, networks and mentors outside of the industry, I think, is really important as well. So that you're just gaining a once again a, a plethora of more knowledge and um, experience and expertise from from other people. Excellent. And to finish us off, do you have any thoughts on how dietitians can stand out from the crowd? As dietitians, um, we do have the nutrition science behind us. We've got um, you know the four year degree behind us in nutrition science, and so we are the experts in the nutrition field. Um, I think, in regards to what is is perhaps out there in the um, the world at the moment, there are a lot of non experts um, taking over the space of where dietitians could be. So I guess in regards to us standing out from the crowd is sort of rising up to that challenge and and owning owning your opinion on um, you know certain nutrition or all the nutrition top topics, but also then applying the nutrition science to that. And I think that would certainly allow us to stand out from, um, you know, the crowd of other non-expert um, nutrition well, non non-experts in nutrition um, that are certainly um, at the forefront of uh, the social media at the moment. And I know that you're really keen on applying the nutrition knowledge in a practical sense, uh, given that you focus on cooking and um, really practical tips when working with your clients in private practice? I think, you know, it's imperative that you have that practical know-how of how to apply, um, you know, the medical nutrition therapy um, as well as, you know, sort of your other nutrition advice that you offer to clients. You've got to be able to apply it to something that is sustainable, something that's enjoyable um, and something that's really enticing for them because, you know, it's about... It's about changing their lifestyle habits um, and it's about changing those long term. So it's got to be something that they're happy to continue with. Um, and if you give enough variety and enough um, enjoyment in it, then they're more likely to continue with it. Excellent. Thanks, Rachel. So I'm sad to say that we're out of time, but for all of our listeners, we'll have some uh, key points from this episode as well as some extra resources available on our show notes, and that's at dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts. But Rachel, I'd just like to say thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been a really interesting discussion. Wonderful to hear all about your career and also your role as Dietitian Connection Events Manager, and also thank you for all the tips and tools you've provided us regarding business and also navigating our way through the profession. Oh, my pleasure, Kate. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a, an absolutely thrill of a ride thus far in, in my career. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited with actually what what is ahead. So um, yeah, if I can share any um, advice to other people, then I'm, I'm more than happy to, to offer that. Also, a big thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, could you please leave a review for us as well as pass this podcast on to your colleagues and friends? 
Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Dietitian Connection Student Podcast so that you can automatically download and listen to the new episode each week. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time for another fantastic episode of the Dietitian Connection Student Podcast.